Welcome to Education Matters with the Matsubaro School District Superintendent, Dr. Randy Trainey, a podcast to look inside important education matters here in the Matsu. Hello, I'm Dr. Randy Trainey, the superintendent of the Matsubaro School District, and I have two of the associate superintendents of instruction here, Justin Ainsworth and Dee Dee Haynes. And today we want to take some time and talk to you about an absurd aspiration that we're working on of having advanced placement courses for all high school students in the Matsu. So I'm going to start off, uh, maybe I'll ask you, Justin, what are the benefits that students realize from taking advanced placement courses? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's uh, you're really preparing students for that next step in their, in their education uh, post-secondary and, and providing them access to uh, a rigorous, uh, rigorous curriculum. So you're you're trying to to provide that experience and exposure and getting them ready for the next level on a financial level, fiscal level. There's some there's some efficiencies because if you if you get a three, four, or five, that's portable college credit. So when you look at college credit, that's you, usually you're talking about fifteen hundred dollars for a three credit class. And you know hypothetically, if you're able to if you're able to pass four of those courses, you know, four of them in four years, that's that's six thousand dollars. So. You've got a financial piece, but I think more importantly, you have an academic piece and you're being provided the skills and a found really, really strong foundation uh, so that you're prepared for the rigor of high school and then you're also prepared for the, for the rigor of, of college. And then giving kids, I think you know, giving kids the confidence they can do it is, is a big part of it. I, I've been in four high schools and, and um, there are some kids who, who don't think they're ready for um, advanced placement. So there's some internal self-imposed constraints. So I think if you can stretch kids and get them that strong academic foundation, all of a sudden they have that confidence. They start to stretch themselves in other academic areas, and then they start to see themselves uh, in, a, in a college environment. So I think there's a, there's a lot of benefits, but rigor and academic foundation mm-hmm. is really important. Indeed, you you have a neat, unique perspective because you've worked in a school district that was an AP for all school district, but you also had students your own personal students go through that experience. Maybe you could talk about the benefits that you saw for both of your your own children. Yes, and my two students couldn't be more different from each other, but they both were able to benefit from having access to AP classes. And another benefit was um, having universities that you have high aspirations to get into, really noticing your transcripts and the ability for you to desire more rigor in your courses and that you um, attempted that, that it makes them more apt to look at your application and maybe get you in to open some doors in some universities that you might not have normally gone to, especially if you're not a great test taker and your test scores aren't super high on, on some of the college admission tests they'll look at your transcript and reconsider because of your attempt in wanting to have that higher aspiration of knowledge. And my two students that I'm a parent of had totally different experiences. My son was at the beginning of the AP Access for All, and he, he's one of those kids that's a math science guy. He went into aerospace engineering in college to a college he probably wouldn't have gotten into without the opportunity to have the AP classes on his transcript. But he was fortunate enough to have that. And he took eight AP courses, passed them all, went off to college with 32 credits. And he did really well. And what benefited him was he was able to go to that university already registered as a sophomore. So he was able to get into courses that other freshmen couldn't get into. 
he was able to focus on his core classes and get some of his electives out, out of the way so his really difficult aerospace engineering classes could have his attention. So that was really exciting for him. And then my daughter's a totally different student. She's just as brilliant, but in a different way. And she's not a great test taker. And she was four years younger than him, so she was able to access, as the program grew, 11 AP courses. She did well in class, and she got a great grades. But when she took that college board exam test at the end, she's not a great test taker. So she took 11 courses, and she went off to college with four credits out of those 11 courses. And what was always really interesting when I gave people tours of the school is they'd look at those two scenarios, and they had a misunderstanding of them. They thought, oh, your son was really successful in those AP courses. That really got him ready for college. Oh, you know, that's, you know, how could you take 10 AP courses and not pass that test at the end? And by the time we were done, they realized that actually who that um, course of events got more ready for college was my daughter. It helped her really understand rigor and prepare. And when she went off to college her freshman year, she actually called home and said, you know, this is easy. I'm successful. And I said, you're successful because you attacked that rigor in class. And even though you're not, a, you didn't have those test scores at the end, you experienced more from that AP program from, than anyone. And um, the last parent little thing, you know, when your kids call home <laughs> and they say, hey, college is different than I thought. Um, my son, I remember the day he called home and he goes, mom, I thought it was really special that I had a big AP transcript, but everybody here at USC has a big AP transcript. I, I don't understand. And I go, well, this is the difference. The difference is USC only took the top 24% of their kids that applied. Well, often schools only offer these AP rigorous courses to the top quarter of their kids. I go, the difference in your high school is every student had access. It wasn't screened. It wasn't cream off you know, the top. It was everyone experiencing this and everyone having the same opportunity which is why your sister benefited from it so much as well. So I'm really passionate as a parent about mm-hmm. how that changed the course for both my students and the success they had in college. Yeah. You both have hit on a couple ideas that, that are really critical in starting a program, an AP for All program, and one is barriers. So maybe both of you or either one, maybe Justin, you could start. What are some of the barriers that students have to accessing AP classes. Yeah, and I, I think one of the, the biggest barriers, and and we've already tried to remove that, is just the AP exam. Um, the AP exam is, is around $93. So for some families, that's, that, that's a challenge coming up with that money. So if we can remove that barrier, that increases access, that makes the environment a little more equitable. Um, the other barrier is, and Hopefully it never happens in our school district, but nationally uh, the research demonstrates there's some gatekeeping, unfortunately, that goes on. And Dede, you alluded to this, that that AP is only for a certain group of students. It's for this small group that's college bound. And and, that, and we all know that's a misguided notion. Uh, you guys proved that in, in Corbett, that it was really AP for all. And so you were able to stretch students and provide that strong academic foundation. There's, there's opportunity gaps. Sometimes those opportunity gaps are because of their previous academic training. They don't, they're not strong in reading. They're not strong in writing. They might not have the math skills, and um, that holds them back. I think there's some internal constraints as well. They don't think they're an AP student. So you have opportunity gaps. You have access gaps. And then just, and it's, it's, some of it's just self-imposed. I'm not an AP student. 
And so we were really, and, and Dr. Trainee has been adamant about this, we really want all of our students to have access to advanced placement and feel like uh, they can be successful in these courses. And so we just need to be uh, super intentional about how do we remove those barriers, those constraints, and how do we increase access to our, mm-hmm. our AP programs in the Matt Subaru School District. And Justin, another barrier is the culture in American schools that you're successful if your success is represented by a grade at the end, mm-hmm. as opposed to the culture that success is the struggle along the way if everything is always um, comes easily for us and we only sign up for the courses that come easily, then we are not growing and we're not building um, our strengths as a thinker and our intellect and that there is um, more growth along the way during a struggle with high content, um, not that we don't want kids supported to um, conquer that struggle, but the barrier of the gatekeeping that it's okay to be in an AP class, even if you don't view yourself as that top 24% AP student. Yeah, absolutely, Didi. Um, I've talked to college admission counselors, and they'll tell you, I'd, I'd rather see a student who's challenging themselves, and, and maybe they're, they're getting some Bs, and it's a it's a 3.5, and it's not a 4.0, but not all classes are equally weighted, right? They're not all the right. same, and they're really looking for students who are who are challenging themselves and they're doing some extracurriculars and they're, they're really stretching themselves beyond their comfort zone. And, and that means a lot when they start to look at the transcripts, is the student willing, taking risks is important. You've got to be able to take some, some calculated risks. And when you're willing to engage in AP, you're, you're taking some risks. Yeah. I'm glad you guys brought that one up. Um, that growth mindset that you're talking about where it's not the grade at the end, it's how much you've grown as a learner along the way is super important. And I know, Didi, you've heard me say this a million times, like a student who gets a one or a two on that final exam may be the student who has learned the absolute most. The super genius might have rolled into that classroom at the beginning of the year and they were going to get a three on day one and they've learned very little and they get a three on the last day out. And everybody is naturally wants to celebrate that although they didn't add much. Uh, You could have another student who would have had no business being in that class except for the school adopts an AP for all stance, and they can have gone from a low, low, low one to a high two and have added so much to their ability to grapple with whatever that content area is that they're in. I remember one of the powerful things that came out of our AP for all program was when we'd sit down to write letters of recommendation for our students who were leaving. It's a powerful letter when you can write for just your average student. This student is in the 99.98th percentile of all students in the country for advanced placement take take rate. That opened up doors for kids everywhere. And it was all the kids. It wasn't just our top, our top few kids. So maybe this one, I'll throw it out to both of you. What skills do you see our younger students needing to grapple with AP or what translates all the way from kindergarten through the rest of your life, but through 12th grade? I feel like there's three basic things. Um, One, having it be safe to take a risk and having it be safe to ask the questions and to explore the answers and come up with maybe the evidence of what supports your answer, and then eventually being able to support that with a well-written piece of 
an essay or a well-written way to express what you're thinking. But I think very early on from the first day of school, we can, we can help put kids in scenarios that can help them ask questions, take risks to figure them out, and then really have a strong writing program to put what they discovered during those early risks into to paper to support their ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I just add that um, reinforcing the writing piece Super important that our kids or our students are able to write once they get into an advanced placement or an IB program. Um, you've got to demonstrate your thinking. You can't guess your way through an advanced placement exam. And so that really is a K, it's a K-12 model. And so to prepare our students for these accelerated courses and uh, courses in this level of rigor, it, it has to start at the elementary level and, and, and scaffold its way up. And so writing and then, and then obvious uh, critical thinking, analysis, synthesis, application, all those those critical thinking skills. And we talk a lot about AP and portable credit, and there's a financial advantage and all those things, and, and they're important. But the other piece is the portable skills. And you take those mm-hmm. portable skills and you take them into a post-secondary environment, but then you also take those post those those portable skills into the professional world. And, and curiosity and critical thinking and synthesis and application, we all know uh, when you talk to experts economists they talk about in 50 years there's going to be 2,000 jobs that aren't even around and it's not necessarily the the content it's the skills that are going to allow our kids to flourish mm-hmm. to be able to learn to ask the questions you don't even know need to be asked yet yeah and then go through the process of hypothesis to figure out what the right answer is and the answer may be different depending on who you are and how you're approaching it maybe uh justin could you describe to the listeners like what an actual AP test looks like, especially that writing component, because, you know, most people haven't taken one. Yeah, I'll, I'll just give you my experience. I'm a former uh, high school history teacher before I went into school administration. So AP and, and, and uh, social science, especially history, document-based questions, and you really have to take a position, and then you have to support that position with evidence and facts, and, and you're really supporting your position with multiple sources. So could be several primary sources, could be secondary sources, but that's a that's a critical skill because that also transfers into writing a research paper and using evidence and proving your point and backing up your thesis and not just stating opinion without any evidence and and that's cross uh, that's all subjects. We know that that skill is not just related to to history, it's apl- applicable to all the uh, the other disciplines. One of the things you remind me of is a saying I say that there's no one who ever accidentally gets a three, four, or five on an AP test. It, that writing portion, it eliminates, you know, the, the good days and bad days of guessing on a multiple choice test. Yeah. There, there is a portion of most of the AP tests that is a short answer or multiple choice, but there is also a lengthy written piece where you have to be able to put your thoughts in order for somebody else to read them and defend whatever position you're taking, whether it's in a social studies class and, or an AP chemistry class. And I think that's one of the most powerful lessons that you can teach, teach students. And you were talking about how that transfers through the rest of their life, mm-hmm. that they can put an argument to paper and defend it very well. And there's two pathways where you are given feedback on your work the pathway of the coursework that you do while you're in school, and then the capstone is the AP test given by the college board exam at the end. So an example that I gave about my children is they both were very successful in their classrooms. They just had different success on their their test scores. 
It's funny you mentioned capstone. If we're able to build an AP for All program, we're likely going to be able to institute the AP capstone diploma as part of that. I'll give a little bit of background on that. It's it's uh, basically the college board's highest recognition that they give advanced placement students. They have a course called AP Seminar that students take, and it is a class um, where you're required to read documents and develop arguments and defend them, and you work in both teams and individually. And it's pretty much open to any topic in the whole world. So it can be a social studies class, English class, science class, pretty much anything. If a student earns a 3, 4, or 5 on that, then they can take a secondary class, which is AP Research, where they develop their own real-life analytical research project. They spend all year on it. And same thing, it can be about any topic in the world. And then in addition to that, they take at least three other AP courses and they can earn an AP capstone diploma. And that really opens up doors for kids anywhere they want to go as far as post-secondary education. Maybe just to end up, we only have a few minutes here. What do you, each of you see as goalposts that we're aiming at in the next year, two years, five years, as far as trying to create an AP for All program at Matsu? I'll stay in line with the absurd aspirations. I would I would like to see every kid take anywhere from five to six AP courses, at least one a year. Um, obviously, you know, you guys, you had students who took 11 to 20. We don't, we don't want to have a, a ceiling on those kids. But we longitudinally, if you look at our AP program, it was very strong. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, but it, it, it has dropped and it, it's declined. We're aware of that and we're doing we're doing, doing some things to bring it back. I think first it starts with leadership. Um, our job is to create dish conditions, remove obstacles, and remo- remove barriers. I think our, our school leadership understands the importance of having a, a rigorous college mm-hmm. curriculum. The second thing is culture. You really, really have to believe that AP is for all of your students. It's not, it's not just for a, a small select subgroup. And that'll, that'll change a culture very quickly if you can get that into place. And then there's some mechanics. You've got to, the master schedule has to be in place and you have to have sequencing and you have to make, and here's the reality, you've got to make some hard choices. Um, you go, what are we trying to accomplish here? And so that's, that involves teachers and counselors and principals. And then the other uh, component is teacher PD, teacher training, feeding teachers, making sure they, they feel prepared. And I think also, I've, again, I've been in four high schools. Sometimes you got to stretch teachers' thinking. Sometimes teachers don't think that they're AP teachers. So I think if you can get all those fundamentals in place, it, it, it can take off. And if you're looking for a one-year goalpost, I think that involving the district K-12 responsibility is, I've already talked to a lot of very professional intelligent teachers in the district at the elementary level, they're really interested in the qualities of what makes the best writing program to inspire students to be passionate writers, not look at the writing process as much as I am a writer and I use the writing process. And so that would be mm-hmm. a milestone to look at in the, in the near future. And there's already excitement out there for that. That's fantastic. Well, I think we're about out of time. So I want to thank Associate Superintendents Dee Haynes and Justin Ainsworth for their time. And remember, you can find us uh, wherever you find your favorite podcasts and Education Matters.